Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and in this week's episode, my guest is Mike Petrovelli. Well, you're going to find out exactly where he's from in this podcast because we're talking about his new project, but you probably remember him best from the IBU days. Um, I, don't, I really miss IBU. They were um, uh, a, a brewery that shut down during the pandemic, not pandemic-related from what I understand. Yeah, I just I really love that place. It was the first craft brewery that I ever, like, hung out in it was like the it was like my neighborhood craft brewery and so i really missed that about it we used to hang out there with friends and it was the first time that is when i'd first started this business it was the first spot that i was like oh i can get to know the owner and then like develop a relationship with them and see what they do behind the scenes and you know when i first got like a first legit camera to start doing video work for eat local these you know petro and big mike were like hey come in you can hang out. You can make videos. So it was just a – I really missed that place. It was a great, great, great spot to, to hang out in and, and learn more about the owner side of the business, and uh, I really miss it. And uh, I'm glad, really glad, that I was able to connect with Petro again and, and have him in on the podcast. Loved sitting here and talking to him. Definitely the most organized, ready guest that I've ever had before, uh, and I, I – it was a great conversation. We did do this was a Facebook Live. We did go Facebook Live with us, and so we had some things. So throughout the podcast, you'll hear us talk about like sound and all that kind of stuff, and talk and answering questions or responding to comments, and and that's why because we did this as a Facebook Live video. And I I don't know if we're gonna if I'm gonna do those more in the future or not. I kind of like the idea of doing it, but um, anyways, I think you're gonna love this conversation. I had a great time talking to him, and yeah. Well, there's a lot going on uh, event-wise in the city of Syracuse. You know, we had our Sangria Crawl. There's been the Crawfish Festival, the Syracuse Food Truck big event this past weekend at the fairgrounds. Battle of the Wings is coming up. Um, the Buy Local Bash from Center State CEO is coming up this Thursday. Uh, there's just a lot of events that are happening, and there's also a lot of new businesses that are opening up. You know, our, our good friend John Page from Three Lives is launching a virtual kitchen. I don't want to call it a ghost kitchen because I don't think it is a ghost kitchen. It's a virtual kitchen uh, called Monkey Brain. It's going to be like garbage plates, and so that's going to be popping up soon. Actually, they have a soft opening tonight that I, I wish I could go to, but we have our industry night tonight. Yeah, there's just a lot of, you know, Funkin' Waffles now is a food truck, and, you know, there's a lot. I mean, being at this food truck battle, I was a judge this past Saturday for it, and uh, which was probably a mistake. I loved it. Thank you for the invite, everybody. I'd love to do it again next year, I think. Uh, but it was just a lot of food. It was like we'd eat food from like 40 or 45 different trucks over the course of three hours. It was just – and then the, the truck owners just kept fucking up their time. And so they had like – it was like every five minutes they, were, they had it spaced out like the association did. And – like there's three separate times where none of the owners followed the schedule and like five of them all just showed up at once and they would just drop food. But the thing that sucked is you have to know like, all right, who's the truck? Part of our judging was the value. So it's like, all right, what's the price? What's the dish? And so then all of a sudden you've got like five things just dropped in front of you at once. And it was, it was a lot. It was definitely a lot, but uh, I enjoyed it. Um, but there's a lot going on. People are spending money. It's really cool to see, um, in our community, the growth in local restaurants and businesses, 
um, that are happening. You know, people are taking risks and opening up new places. And um, I don't want to say that this is a, a, m- m- this may not be a direct result of the pandemic. Maybe it is. But it's kind of what my hope was uh, of things that would happen. I was hoping, uh, and I know this sounds bad, and I've heard, you know, some of the flack from some of you who have listened to this. Uh, I think the worst, well, anyways, I'll get back to that later. Um, I am of the opinion in Syracuse that more of the really shitty places need to shut down and make room for new spots. You know, I'm going to, Blue Tusk is a great example of this. Uh, Blue Tusk had been around for years in downtown Syracuse. Um, And there's a lot of details and misinformation out there, but Blue Tusk had been around for years in downtown Syracuse. And a lot of people, most people loved the Blue Tusk. Um, Having said that, it was a shitty business. I mean, you know, I've been in that restaurant because I work for, you know, Kyle. I do the social media for uh, Kyle and his restaurants. And so uh, I've been in now the, the Tusk after the former Tusk since it's uh, been shut down. And let me tell you, it's one of the most fucking disgusting restaurants and things I've ever seen before. I mean, the mold and the great, it was just, it's, it's a fucking atrocious. And so I want to see, this sounds terrible. But I want to see, I don't want to see, I'm not bummed, I'm not upset, I'm not sad when I see a business, and it does suck to be a restaurant owner and lose your business, trust me, I know from firsthand experience. Um, it's not, you don't want a f- family to lose their business, that's awful, it's like a terrible time in life, I understand that. Um, but from someone who is invested in the the growth and the change of our food scene here in Syracuse. Um, I, I'm happy to see the shitty places go out. Like, please, I wish more of the shitty places would go out to make room for the people who have great ideas to start something new. You know, I mean, look at John at three lives, you know, I mean, he took over that space. Granted, it wasn't like a pandemic issue or anything like that. You know, it wasn't like, the restaurant went out of, you know, former place went out during the pandemic and he swooped in. That's not the case. He opened during the pandemic. But look at John Page. He's opened up like one of the more modern restaurants, bars in Syracuse. I mean, the, and the guy's creating something new all the fucking time. Um, you know, if now Biblos didn't go out of business, they just moved locations. But imagine if there was just some old school, you know what I mean? Like, maybe that's a bad example. Um, but John's doing great stuff. Uh, Tusk, uh, arguably making people sick. One of the dirtiest fucking restaurants, kitchens, mold everywhere, grease everywhere, fucking disgusting. A cra- like a place that's like known for craft beer who clearly had not cleaned their fucking tap lines. I mean, mold eating away at drywall and studs. And I mean, it's just insane how incredibly dirty this place was. They go out of business. Kyle's building something completely new in there. So <clears throat> I love seeing the fact that like new things are happening in Syracuse, that new owners are coming out or, you know, current owners are coming out with new concepts and redeveloping and reinvesting and not just new restaurants, but new food trucks. Funkin' Waffles has a new food truck now, new events, more events. I just love it. And I hope that 
this kind of trend continues. You know, um, you know the uh, former O'Days, Michelle and and her mom Nora are building a new spot over there, which is going to be really cool. Uh, apparently, it's going to be the first rooftop bar in Syracuse, which is great. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of cool stuff that's happening, and I hope to see more and more and more of it because, um, yeah, it'll be awesome. Well, that's it for my intro and my rambling. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation here with Mike. So how did you originally get into beer? Like, was was IBU your first... Uh, so uh, I got into craft beer through my cousin. Um, I never really liked craft beer before. Uh, every, well, it wasn't really craft beer at the time when I started drinking beer. So it was all just light, easy drinking beer. And um, I didn't like it at, at first. And then got into some hoppy beers, uh, got the wheels turning, uh, started home brewing a few times before became a professional brewer. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, now I just love what I do. Yeah. What was that like homebrewing? I mean, what were you? Um, so I, mean, what year I only was that? did a f- few extract batches, so it wasn't even all grain. So it's just putting water and liquid sugar together okay. and then adding hops in the boil. But, uh, I mean, I had a knack for it. I made decent beer going into it and then met up with Mike Mentier, and he's uh, quite the scientist and a great teacher and... <laughs> took me under his wing and kind of uh showed me the ropes and yeah let me free yeah <laughs> how long were you there at ibu uh, uh, about there? three years okay. yep so i think brewed my first beer there december of 2018 wow yep yeah man yeah and, and mike learned i, th- I mean I, th- I think i have this correct mike got a lot of his training or some of his training from saul saul yep. yeah feinberg yep. yeah over at griffin hill yeah. Yeah, he still does uh his beer over at the regional market all the time. Does he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Saul makes uh without a doubt some of my favorite beers in the area. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, the uh craft beer community right now in Syracuse, I mean, everybody's making some really good beer. I mean, you got brand new places that are opening up like UBL. Mm-hmm. Um Keith and uh Kevin over there are doing some really good things and uh Myers Creek opened up their second location. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Bullfinch is about to open up in the mall. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. Dave, Dave Collins. Yeah, that's surprising to me. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it definitely is one of those things where, you know, it's. I hope I hope the best, you know, as, as far as knocking it out of the park. All, sure. You know, it's, it's right as soon as you walk into the mall so it's not like you have to go through the whole mall to get to it right so that's one good thing about it yeah without a doubt i mean there's something to be said for just having any sort of a business you know food business in a place that big and uh you know you probably don't i mean you probably don't want to unless you've just got a shit ton of money but you probably don't have to do a whole hell of a lot to the uh space in order to make it you know ready for customers right you know exactly uh, everything was pretty much there yeah. uh bar stools he had to buy some tvs but kitchen huge kitchen there all the equipment was already there ready to go so yeah walk in ready yeah you know that's 
awesome. It's a, I was pretty surprised to hear that anybody would want to go into that space. I mean, it's huge. Yeah, you oh, know, you, it is. I think uh, sits like three hundred and fifty something people. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. And it, it, it seats them for a restaurant. You know, right? Uh, you know, it's got a big bar in there, but. Still, the majority of that is restaurant seating. It's not brewery seating. But then I heard, then I somebody told me that he, um, I've never met this guy, but I think I guess he used to work there, right? Yep. yep. So he opened that, up the place. Yeah. So that yep. makes a hell of a lot more sense. Yeah. You know, why somebody would want to go in there? Yep. Because he knows the equipment, knows the space, knows the numbers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That'll be cool. I think it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to have a local spot in such a big space like that in the mall. Yeah, um, for sure. I don't know. I mean, local spots in the mall don't really always. I feel like for, it's kind of, to me, it's a lot like going, I'm not saying this is the case with this guy, but it's a lot like going downtown. A lot of people just assume, oh, hey, if I open up downtown Syracuse, I'll do great. Right. Um, I feel like some people think that same way mentality for the mall. Right. And I mean, then, it, it is location, but, yeah. you know, you got to get the people to, to go by. Uh, you got to advertise well. Yeah. You got to make yourself be known and put out great product for people to be able to come back. Because yeah. you get, uh, I mean, you said that before that you watch a lot of John Taffer. Mm-hmm. And so, like, sure. you only get two chances with people right. after that, you know, after that third bad experience they're never going to come back they're going to tell yeah. their friends not to come back so you always have to make sure customer services yeah for sure real well you know? yeah um and then you have to arm your customers if they go to that location you know you got to make sure that they're <laughs> you have a heavy duty militia ready to yes, <laughs> ready go in to and go. drink beer um <laughs> no but i don't know it's i think it's like i said i think it's really cool that a local spot has the balls and you know the money to go into a place like that yeah and I really hope they do well. I hope they do cool stuff in there because yeah, it could I, be. I believe one hundred percent in Dave. He's had this dream for quite a while, and yeah, you know, he's that's got re- his ducks in a row. Yeah, that's really cool to hear that. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, most most everybody in the Syracuse craft beer community are, are great people, and you know, like Tim Shore from Barry Acorn opening up the third location now, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's great. He's been killing it from day one. I love to see that. You know. Yeah. Gets gets uh, people excited to come to Syracuse to try all the different beer and like, you know, Talking Cursive is doing wonderful things. Middle Ages has always been around. Willow Rock's been doing some great things. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I guess there's an echo somewhere in our audio feed. So, for anyone who's listening and the echo is annoying, forgive us. I don't know how to fix that, and I'm not going to try. You can turn that part off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so hopefully you can endure through this i don't know if what i did just helped at all but you can let us know by leaving a comment on if that helped or not uh mikey there we go um yeah there's definitely cool breweries i mean tim's doing his thing tim's got his uh you know rocking out i mean they opened up down in the finger lakes and now he's opened up his third one and yeah oh yeah it is really cool to see people you and know I, local uh, breweries expanding so much heritage hill billy up there yeah. and dan um they got the bright vibes festival this year so uh they're i think they're gonna have like 40 or 50 different breweries for a tasting out there uh wow. i think it's like 12 to 4 Okay. For the beer tasting, and then there's a band out there at like hmm. six o'clock and camping, and that's cool. So we're gonna end up pouring at that event, probably one of our first events that we can pour our own beer at. Nice. When's that one at? Uh, that is July 9th, I believe. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, July 9th. Um, and like I said, they're doing great things. Uh, Terry over at WT, same thing. He just yeah. came back from the Adirondacks where I was. Um, and WT, they have 
a, a Taco Tuesdays, a bunch of good things going on over there as well. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, you can go to any brewery around and find your own net nick you know yeah like yeah yeah you can um it's that there's uh yeah i um uh i don't know enough about the about beer to really i mean you should you've been around it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I know i know i have been around uh beers you know breweries a, a lot a fair amount but uh over the years but i don't know enough about beer to really talk um in an educated manner about the styles of beer, what people are doing that's exciting or whatnot. Um, I know that, like, I really like, you know, Tim and what he's doing with the Bottle Society. Oh, yeah. Um, and his wild oh. fermented stuff. I think that's really cool. It's different, at least, you know. I mean, you see. Right. Oh, I mean, I love the way that he does uh, his wild fermented beers. I mean, yeah. they're, they're top quality, you yeah. know. And those are those are truly unique. Oh, they are for sure. And I I, I pick everybody's brain around here about mm-hmm. you know because everybody's got their own technique of brewing, their yeah. own style. You know, you have old school brewers, and then you have your new age brewers. You know, yeah. If you talked about a hazy beer, you know, eight years ago, people would have laughed at you, <laughs> and now it's the craze. You yeah, know, it's been the craze. So yeah, are there any like I know talking? I well, I remember. Years ago, and uh, for anybody who's live streaming, if the sound is really that bad, uh, the podcast will be out next week. Um, but I remember I was hanging out with you and Big Mike. I'll wait for the motorcycle. I was hanging out for, with you and Big Mike there for like a week one time up at, the, at IBU yep. doing the video. And you all took me to Willow Rock. There is a New York State Brewers Association meeting. Yep. And um, I remember Mike saying, uh, you know, Obviously, um, none of us want to be making these crazy, hoppy, you know, West Coast beers, but that's what's selling, right. and that's what we have to. IPA sell right now. I mean, right. that sour. I mean, the, there's still clear beer that, you know, it sells, but not to, not like it should. Yeah. You know, there's, people have different tongues, I guess, and, you know, the haze craze, I, I loved them before, and now... Yeah. They're like a diamond, a dime a dozen. You can find a good hazy beer anywhere, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, yeah. Why is that? I wonder. I wonder why that is. That uh, you know, like you would think that the beers that the brewers, that the makers of the beer, are really passionate about and excited about, that the consumer would be like, oh yeah, let's try that. I mean, yeah. they obviously know what they're talking about, right? I mean, and and to to some crowds. Like like Tim, he has his own crowd of people that like those. Yeah. And then you also have, I mean, like Woodland Farms, they do a bunch of good stuff. They're, they're both yeah. friends. And it's more traditional style beers. And that's that's more up my alley. I like yeah. more traditional beers. Like we go over to Vermont and there's, you know, Alchemists and there's uh, Foam Brewers. And like my favorite one was like Queen City. And it's all like <laughs> super... They don't have one hazy or one sour <laughs> beer on it. It's all just Pilsner's lagers, uh, Swartz beers, uh, you know, yeah. light, crispy with flavor. Yeah. You know. I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you, are there like beers that you love to make, but that you can't because they just don't sell? Um, I like rye IPA. I like rye beers uh, and, and some kind of some kind of smoky beers, you know, like if, if it's just enough smoke to it. Um, Terry actually just made Grotsky. Uh, so it's WT's recipe. It's like a three and a half percent, um, smoked beer, 
but it's so light on the smoke and like it, it's very flavorful but it's not a style that sells everywhere like you don't go to the bar and you're like oh i want that smoked beer because i want to <laughs> taste the campfire all night you know <laughs> something like that but how do you do a smoked beer uh so there's different kinds of smoked malt that you okay. use so you use a very small percentage of that if you use too much it literally tastes like a campfire in your mouth hmm. or if you go on the light side you can make these really unique flavored beers hmm. um and same thing with like belgian the um saisons um they are you know farmhouse style and they are very well made but it's just it's a unique flavor just like hefeweizen mm-hmm. if you don't like banana or clove you're not gonna like hefeweizen hmm. you know so like and and they sell, but you know some have really good ones, some have really bad ones. But yeah, the market knows what it wants, and you see that on your square. You know your square. Yeah, tells you just about <laughs> anything. Yeah, square doesn't lie. Um, so, what do you think is like? What's something that's changed? I mean, it's been you know almost two years since you were at IBU. Like, what's changed the most with for you as a you know maker of beer in those two years? Um, Definitely scaling. So uh, switching from a Colorado brew system to a three vessel, um, seven barrel system was, you know, it it, it wasn't hard to learn because you you know your process. Mm -hmm. It's kind of dialing in your water amounts, your uh, efficiencies. um, Hmm. So basically how much sugar content you can get out of your mash. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, is there been like, have there been changes in you and like your style, like or styles that you want to make? Or oh, so I, I definitely want to start doing more loggers and pilsners because I've never done that. I'd never had the capability before hmm. at IBU because we were in plastic fermenters. Uh-huh. So having a uh, stainless steel, uh, glycol jacketed, temperature controlled hmm. uh, fermenters uh, and uni tanks, you can basically ferment your beer at 52 to 58 degrees for Mm. two weeks raise up the temperature and then you drop it two degrees a day in order to get that nice lager it takes about a month month and a half to do a nice traditional lager but nowadays like since the the kvike strain came out um people are doing called prosciutto lagers um so it's basically doing a quick turnover lager. So you can still make a light crispy beer with like Lutra yeast in like two weeks Mm. and push it out as a lager. And it still has the same exact flavor, Mm. but it's not a lager because lager means conditioning. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's interesting. Like, you know, I know that there's some beers that you see, you know, you, like I see, I see a brewery post, hey, we're starting to make this beer today, and then mm-hmm. it feels like a week later, hey, the beer's ready to be, you know, we've got the cans out. Yeah, so uh, turning beer is a lot faster nowadays. Um, the the yeast companies are getting better, um, so you get less uh, diacetyl in your beers. Uh, techniques have changed, so longer boils on, on uh, pills and malt that used to create dms which is uh dim- dimethyl uh um it's basically like a butter off flavor that oh, you okay. get yeah. yeah so uh hmm. like just different techniques nowadays and sharing your techniques with others you know there, there's a lot of stuff that 
I go into a brewery and I was like, oh, you do it like that. Well, I do it this way. Hmm. And then kind of like figure out, you know, your own new things everywhere you go. Yeah. Because you can only see with what your eyes want you to see. And if you're <laughs> looking at somebody else's process, you're like, oh, well, why don't I do it like that? Or hmm. why doesn't he do it like that? Because it makes it easier. And like, I'm a process person. So that's what I kind of do. That's cool. Yeah. Are there... um are there any like brewers out there, not in the area, but like in the country and the world where it's like, you know, you read about what they're doing or see what they're doing and you're, you like look up to them like, you know, somebody you admire in the industry? Uh, Michael Tonsmeyer. I mean, he's got a lot of good books out and hmm. uh, podcasts like uh, the owner of Sam Adams. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's a bunch of different people that have done so much in the craft beer industry and, you know, like. You start off small and you work your way up to it. You don't, you know. Yeah. They say they always say, you know, you got to crawl before you walk, before you run. Yeah, so, for sure. But seeing what, they, what they've done and how they built the empire is kind of like doing all the research and trying to figure it out yourself. Yeah, right. You know. Hmm. So, I mean, what's the, what's your hope, what's your dream to, you know, if like, if I said, all right, man, you know, you can snap your fingers and your wildest dreams can come true today for you as a beer maker in the beer industry, what I are I would they? make a beer theme park, yeah. literally like the really? best, the best adult adventure that you can still bring <laughs> your kids and they could have fun, but like all about the beer, you know what I mean? And, and bring different, you know, like, I mean somewhere where you can go and like bring the whole family basically have mm. i mean heritage hill is kind of on to you know they have animals there they yeah. have rides they have you know all these different things going on yeah so yeah it's definitely if you can have a destination space right and the destination can kind of sell the beer for you. You know, you don't have to push the beer as hard. I mean, you know, one thing that I've noticed that's drastically changed in um, not just the beer industry, the craft beer industry, but even talking to like a, a couple, not that I'm fully ingrained into the local farming agricultural world in mm -hmm. central New York, but a couple local farmers that I've talked to recently <clears throat> It's they're they don't want to push wholesale as much anymore. You know, like for an example is I was just talking to this f local farm out in Chittenango who does a lot of dairy and beef, and then they grow like a ton of tomatoes and some berries and stuff like that. And so, and they have this little farm stand set up on the front of their property. And so I was out there with them, hanging out, making this video, and I was saying, you know, I've got. You know, for the Eat Local card, we have 160 restaurants that are on the card. So awesome. I've got that network where, you know, I can reach out to them and say, hey, here's a local farm in New York State. And you could buy <clears throat> tomatoes or beef or, you know, whatever from them. And uh, so I said to the farmer, I was like, you know, if you want, I can send an email out for you. And, you know, I was just spending like an hour with them, I felt uh you know, like this need to try and help them. And, um, and they were like, no, that's okay. We don't want to do that. There's no money in that. We're okay with just selling. You know, like we sell a lot here at the farm stand and those are retail prices and we're going to do that. Yeah. Breweries over so, the past couple of years, they're like, fuck wholesale. Like let's just sell beer direct to consumer and make a shit ton more money. Right. I mean, so being able to mail it 
uh, ever since the pandemic. You can yeah. mail to, I think, 26 states or something like that. Mm. Um, so that opened up a big market for some of the bigger, yeah. you know, but you'd have... Like, for a small brewery to do it, you'd have to have the manpower and have somebody being able to package up the beers and send it out. And you have all the costs that's included, the shipping, you know, for some companies that are that big that produce, you know, 40, 50 barrels at a time and can it. And, yeah. you know, it, it makes it easier. But for like a small, you know, from from a one barrel to a 10 barrel system, your best profit margins are right from the hmm. tap, you know, Yeah. getting people to come and see you. And like, I know, um, there's, uh, Fiden's brewing company out in Albany. So they opened up a, t- a tap room right before pandemic hit. And then overnight they had to package all their, uh, beer into cans. Hmm. And now they haven't opened a tap room back up. They, they just sell cans out hmm. of their, out of their spot. Um, they used to have people line up in the middle, like you'd, you'd stay there Friday night, sleep in the parking lot, drink a bunch of beer with a bunch of people. And then, uh, they'd open up at like 7am and start pushing cars through and they would sell out of beer every weekend in the first, like if you didn't get in line and you weren't the first, uh, I think it's 20. 20 people or 25 people Mm -hmm. then you can only get four cans per person other than that you get 12 cans per person Hmm. they'd sell out every weekend and then they up their distro um got a bunch more tanks and now they're 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 open from like wednesdays or i think wednesday to saturday how does a the only local brewery that i know that really crushes that side of the of like excitement over a beer in Syracuse. I know that there's beer tree in Binghamton that does. Yeah. But the only brewery that we have in Syracuse that even comes close to that is uh, Underground Beer Lab. Yeah. UBO. Why yep. is that? Um, I mean, it, they have a smaller system. He's got a one barrel, but he just uh, switched up to a three barrel mash ton, three barrel boil kettle. So, I mean, he still has five barrel uh, uni tanks. But he's putting out some of the best IPAs around as far as, you know what I mean? Uh, that He's only done, I think, three or four different beers. He's done a Pilsner. He just did a Swartz beer um, or a, a Dark Lager. And then he's done a Farmhouse. But yeah, all IPAs. Hmm. I mean, and that's that's the game plan is, yeah. you know, you want to put out a bunch of IPAs and... and he sells out because, you know, yeah, it's that good that people want to keep going and trying out the new stuff. And each week he's putting out something new. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting these notifications. I'm like, I'm wondering if these people are watching the live stream telling us how shitty it is uh, because the echo. How shitty are we doing, guys? I don't know. I'm going to try and adjust something real quick. We're going to take just a quick pause. Hey, this Friday and Saturday is the Battle of the Wings at the Inner Harbor. It's going to be a great time with 10 local wing-centric restaurants. By that, I mean Shifty's and Home Team Pub and Pizza Man and Limp Lizard and Salt Team Warrior and even more, Pepino's and a bunch of them, all competing for that title of the best chicken wing in Syracuse. There's going to be a bunch of food trucks, two music stages, bunch of beer. It's going to be a great time. It's this Friday night and all day Saturday at the Inner Harbor in Syracuse. It's $10 to get in at the door, and you don't want to miss it.
I'm going to be there with 3-1 Fried, and I'm also going to be there for Eat Local New York, so I hope to see you down there. And now, back to the episode. <laughs> There's Mike. Let's, there let's talk about the beer that we just drank. I know. We just had um, uh, this beer, this collab from 20 local breweries, the glory for Ukraine. That's a good beer. Oh, I didn't know that was an 8%. Yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot that before I started drinking it. That's <laughs> it why I feel smooth, so great right, right now. Um, yeah, that's a, that actually did go down very smooth for an 8% beer. Yeah. Uh, so that was uh, from Myers Creek. They uh, So Paul Zimba from Talking Cursive and uh, Mike Mikey from Stout Beard. Trying to set it all up. So Paul talked to uh, Corey McGinnis about um, doing the uh, the collaboration for Yuri from uh, Pravda Brewing Company in Ukraine. Um, and so basically Paul set it up, asked uh, Ivan over at Myers Creek um, to wanted to do this big collaboration and see how many breweries we could hop on to it and uh, raise a bunch of money for the relief for Ukraine. And I think... Uh, all together with everybody that participated, it was like 37,000. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's really cool. Um, this is the first time I've ever done a Facebook live on this picture and this might be the last time. Um, Tina, I just adjusted it. Let me know if that's any better. (laughs) Um, it sounds so good over there. I know it sounds great on your phone. I don't know why it sounds so bad on everybody else's. Uh, that is that's really cool. I mean, it, it's it's awesome to see all those, uh, lo- you know, breweries coming together to do something. I, I was talking about that. Well, I, I forget what podcast I was talking about it on, but you don't see like I hear I know restaurants like get together and help each other out, and you know there is um, stories. I remember when Cody Dedishu was at Defi of him and Kyle at Kasai kind of like working together and. You know, if if Cody ran out of something, you know, he could run over to Kasai. If Kasai ran out of something, you know, whatever. Oh, that's that's how the beer industry is, too. Yeah. We actually have a page for it for all the CNY brewers. Oh, really? So, like, if uh, Ivan just shouted the other day, he's like, hey, does anybody have any, uh, you know, uh, rice flakes that I can borrow? Hmm. And Billy was like, yeah, I got some or what, you know, yeah, what, yeah. however it works. But I mean, like mm-hmm. I said, the, the beer industry out here is our community is so tight. Like everybody, yeah. if, if you need something, they're there for you. If you have any questions about something, mm-hmm. somebody knows the answer out of everybody. I mean, Isaac from middle ages is smart man. Yeah. He's been in the beer industry since he was in diapers. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's I one. Listen, I listen a lot to him. <laughs> that's one of the guys for some reason I've never connected with. I've no? never connected with Middle Ages. Really? I don't know why. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's, um, you know, it's what's one thing we're I'm hoping to do it through and fried is as we start to roll different stuff out, like do different collabs with restaurants, you know, like and um, just kind of try and have a similar, you know, similar vibe that the breweries do of yeah setting up these collaborations and working together on a specific product i think that's kind of cool you thinking about doing a food truck eventually uh yes and no i mean the food truck scene in syracuse is really challenging because it sucks (laughs) um and so well there's uh, there's a lot of them right now right there's a lot of food trucks and there's not a whole hell of a lot of diversity in the food trucks right i mean i feel like that's i feel like more and more that's growing um 
Yeah, the uh, the lobster food truck kills it. Yeah. Old uh, Coast. But yeah. then I just saw another lobster truck out of New York City that was over at Middle Ages. Yeah. Um, I forget the name of him. Yeah. And then another guy that I won't mention because he's a douchebag, uh, he... Um, <laughs> He has a food truck that sells a bunch of different shit, and he's just now trying to jump on Bold Coast, you know, coattails, and he started adding lobster rolls to his food truck. So the only things, you know, I love the food, I, I love food trucks in Syracuse, and there's some really amazing ones. I mean, what, you know, places like Via Napoli and Toss and Fire and Bold Coast and, um, you know, f- uh, Food Rescue, and, you know, and I'm, I know I'm missing a lot, but... There yeah. is a lot of great food trucks in Syracuse. Yep. There's a lot of shitty food trucks in Syracuse. The things that I hate about the food truck scene in Syracuse is um, last year, I mean, you know, they're all out to make money, and they should. Yeah. They should, I without mean, a doubt. That's how you open up a business to make right. money. Right. <laughs> um, but the thing that sucked about the pandemic was that they were, this doesn't suck. This is really selfish. So please don't chastise me like most of you are going to do. Um they went from like showing up at a brewery. Mm-hmm. Now the only there's like two exceptions to this rule. I'm about to say, food trucks do really fucking shitty at breweries. I mean, they fucking do so shitty. Like before the pandemic, they would show up at a they would show up at a brewery. They do a couple hundred bucks. They'd be like, "Oh, that was great." You know, we'll see you next week. Um, Post pandemic, you know, they were doing events where they're making like two, three thousand dollars. They're like, fuck you. I'm not showing up at a brewery to sit out here for five hours and make a couple hundred bucks. Um, The exceptions to that are like 315 Brewing Company. Um, I think. um, Shout out to Josh. Yeah. (laughs) What's the one in North Syracuse? Uh, Uh, What? It's not the Greenhouse one. It's the other one. Uh, Full Bore? No. Freight Uh, Yard. Freight Yard. Yep. Um, food trucks do really well out at freight yard. Yep. Um, it's all about location though. I mean, they yeah. have, they have a million people passing by For, uh, food trucks do really good at WT too. Every, yeah. every Tuesday they have taco Tuesdays and I went there last Tuesday and it was a line. It was like a 40 minute wait for tacos. Was it a truck or were they doing yeah, it? Yeah, no, it was a, a, a food truck. Oh, really? Uh, it was... I forget the name of it. Sassy Taco. I, I forget. Oh, okay. I, uh, one of the taco yeah. food trucks. There was a Sassy Taco. Uh, maybe not. I, I forget. There what was taco, a, yeah. maybe some, because I know he sold the truck. I think so. There, there yeah, may maybe it's another, I forget which one it was. But, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's just, they just, you know, breweries just for, or food trucks just for some reason just have not done well. So do we want to do a food truck? Yeah, we do. But, you know, I'm like. What will set you aside from. Every other food truck. Well, I've got a really great idea, which I can't, I'm not going to mention here because I know somebody will steal it. But uh, I had a really fucking killer idea for um, if we had a food truck, how we would market it and what we would do for like Mm -hmm. the summer. Um, But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I've got Nick and um, it was Twisted. I don't know what that means. Um, Twisted. Oh, Twisted Tacos. Thank you, Dunes. Appreciate that. Thank you, Dunes. Um, at the end of the day, I'm I know this much to the camera, that much about the about the restaurant industry, yeah. and uh, I I've am been in that my whole life as well. So. Yeah, I am one lucky motherfucker to have been to be able to partner with Nick Ford and Chuck Orlando from Limp Lizard because those two have this amazingly successful brand. Yeah, and um, you know they have a fucking amazingly successful food truck and catering business and restaurants. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were they were pretty much the uh, the only other um, 
barbecue food place besides Dino for a while, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's been a few barbecue, more than a few barbecue food trucks that have popped up, you know, now in Syracuse. And Speaking of barbecue, um, Heritage Hill, they just got a new um, barbecue pit master over there. Yeah. And their barbecue is amazing. Yeah. So I've had a pretty um, rough relationship with Heritage Hill. Uh, over the, you know, over the last year, I have this really, um, outdated rule. I've since gotten over it, but I have this really outdated rule of if, if I'm, if I don't do business with someone, maybe they're not already a client or whatever, Mm -hmm. and they are either 15 or 20 minutes late to, uh, a podcast or a meeting, or they just no call, no show or whatever the case is. I just, I never fucking spend my money there ever promote them. I don't yep. do anything like that. Yeah. And uh and I was supposed to have Dan on the podcast the last year during the fair and he just no showed. That sucks. And uh so I was like, all right, well fuck you. You're I'm never gonna promote Heritage Hill or talk about you or anything like that. Here I am. God damn yeah, it. Yeah, right. God no, damn I will say <laughs> so let me just you know, I will say like uh, about a month ago, two months ago we were in a bind at 3-1 Fried, and we needed these takeout containers that only Webstaurant had, and I was trying to save money on the shipping. And um, I had kind of put the bat signal out to anybody to try and help, and Dan from Heritage Hill was the first person that said, hey, here's my stuff. You can log in and use my account, and it'll save us like 50 bucks." Um, and so I've decided to stop being a baby about yeah. it and, you know. Yeah. So having said that, I haven't been out there yet for the barbecue. Yeah. Oh, it's it's amazing. But they shifted gears and started doing it out there, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, uh, it's it's definitely uh, the 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 premier spot right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of places like if you think of destination places that you can go and drink and have a great time, really in Syracuse right now, your two options are what. Um, I am Mikey. Chill. I said I'm giving them another chance. Um, <laughs> now you said you were logging off, so um, you never will. Uh, um, where you're going to go to 1911, or you're going to go to Heritage Hill? Right? Yeah. I mean, what other destination spots exist where you can go out there, like you were saying, with the whole family? Yep. Hang out. It's not like you're going to sit well, there. I mean, three one five too. They have all the animals there as well. That's. Yeah. I haven't. Been, I've never been out there. No, no. I, it's a really cool spot. Is it? They have uh, like a little set stage set up out back. Um, they have the animals in in the cage all the way around. Uh, a bunch of kids always running around. Huge parking lot. I think they're setting up to do another um, tap room. So oh, they're really? going to build another tap room. Uh, so I was working up with Josh uh, this summer. Cool and. Um, they like every day they were just bringing fill in to fill the back parking lot hmm. where where they're doing the new spot and like if you go there and check it out it's just a whole huge uh parking cool. lot that they're going to do a huge building back there and then turn the original spot into like maybe a smaller wedding venue type that's cool yeah yeah oh yeah that's I, I really want every time my wife and I go to a wedding, I'm like, we should open up a wedding venue somewhere. Yeah. Uh, speaking of. So eventually um, the owner of McGraw Box, Chris. Uh, hey, if you haven't bought an Eat Local New York card yet, then what are you doing? 
Head to eatlocalnewyork.com, buy your card today for $25, and then get out there and save $5 whenever you spend $25 or more at over 160 participating restaurants all around New York State. It's that simple. You go out to one of the restaurants that are on the card, you spend $25 or more, show them your card, save $5. The best part is you can use it as many times as you want for an entire year. Every year we come up with a new card around January 1st, and you get to buy a new card and save more money. So head to eatlocalnewyork.com and pick up your card today. And now, back to the episode. He's got another plot of land in Tully, um, and there's two barns, a house, and a seven-car garage over there. So basically doing an Airbnb wedding venue, the one barn for the weddings, the other uh, barn as a secondary tap room, and then the garage for storage. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I mean, you know, what's it like for you to go from way up north to, you know, not way down, down south? But, but, I mean, we'll travel and work for beer. I don't know. Like, it it, it feels good to be back home, you know, back yeah. with my family, with my daughter um, yeah. and, my, and my parents, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a hike up there. I mean, you were, what, four hours north? Yeah, about three and a half hours north if you drive. 90 something (laughs) and what's it like up there i mean what's the what's the beer scene like up Um, on the border so it was it was really tight honestly there was uh in the whole area up there there was four main breweries that were within like a 15 20 mile radius from each other not like here we have 20 something in you know, uh, so it was uh, Valcor Brewing, shout out to Vinny, Sable Brewing, shout out to Dan, and um, Living Goods, and then there was uh, Oval, shout out to Jesse. So we did, when I first got out there, I just came off of doing the collaboration um, with mm. Willow Rock, doing the Un- Autonomous Collective, mm. and so... Uh, I went out there and I said, hey, you know, I met everybody. I said, hey, we should all do a collaboration together. Um, it was pandemic. It was the time of pandemic. So all of them weren't as busy as yeah. normal. So it actually worked out that I did a collaboration with th- the three different breweries over there. We each did a single beer with each other. And then we did a beer all together and did a uh, North Country mix pack. So I mean, it was it was kind of cool meeting all the guys out there, getting to brew with them on their systems, and uh, you know having you know meeting other people in other areas that are just as passionate for beer as I am. Yeah, I um, I'm glad the pandemic's over. Yeah, and I'm sad that so many people obviously lost their lives and all that stuff. But uh, there's something to be said for and like businesses. Yeah, yeah. Um, not as many around here as probably should have. Like, right. I'm surprised that we didn't lose more businesses. I mean, all the, the all the loan, the PPP loans definitely helped yeah. for some businesses to keep sure. them afloat. Yeah, so. without a doubt. I mean, all those loans and grants and all the money that was flowing out there for sure. But uh, I just thought that we were going to lose a lot more uh, businesses, restaurants, breweries, whatever, during the pandemic than we did. Um, and there was a lot of like, I, one of the places that gets me the best like uh jeff rogers angry garlic so he closed down like three times yeah for the safety of his customers yeah. you know he was like well i don't feel like we should open because the numbers are going up in the area we're going to close down for a week clean up reset you know there's a lot of companies that did that too that is you yeah. know it 
there's a lot of people that neglected that. Yeah, for and, sure. And they're, you know, somebody says I have COVID, they'd throw it off. Yeah. You know, Without putting putting everybody at risk, you know. Yeah. I was just, um, I mean, I, I love the things that the beer industry did during that time because, you know, I mean, it was easy for me to be out in the yard mowing my lawn thinking to myself, I don't have any beer in the fridge, and then be able to order and get beer delivered, you know, right. to my door. That was great. Yeah. You know, because as, as, as amazing as what, um, what's his name? It, drink Craft, Drink New York Craft. Um, Chad Miggs. Chad, thank yep. you. Um, as amazing as it is what he's doing for the New York beer, which I think he, I, I know he is doing wonderful things for them, um, for local craft brewer, you know, breweries to be able to like, you know, get their name out there even more. Yeah. Um, I it, mean, not only that, but he's a hop, hop farmer as well. Yes, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's just, it is crazy how expensive it is to get beer shipped. Right. It's, I mean, I, I'm, it's not because it's beer. It's because, you know, the weight and all that Oh, yeah, stuff. weight, uh, packaging, making right. sure that it doesn't break, the insurance that you got to do on it, yeah. the time that it takes to do it, you yeah. know. And thank God that somebody like Chad exists that he's taking, you know, he's putting that out there, right? Right. But uh, but it was great to have, like, buried it. Like, Tim would show up in his truck with his kids, you know, and be like, hey, here's your beer, and here's a bunch of extra beer. Um, and here's some stickers, you know, it was just the things, you know, it was, a it was a lot more, I don't know. It felt like buying from local companies, restaurants and breweries felt like more of a purpose. Like even as the guy who runs eat local New York, it was like, okay, what I'm doing by spending my $25 or $20 on this four pack of beer. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah that's at, a at lot. IBU, that's what we were doing the same thing. Right. So yeah. we, we did the, the drive up door yes. so overnight yeah. i had to uh take t- take the storm door off of my garage at my house put it on the side <laughs> of the building and and make shit happen That's so hilarious. Yeah. yeah and then uh i remember driving up and getting beer there a couple times and then same thing as far as with deliveries we had to, everybody yeah. else was doing it so we had to not you know yeah find another avenue of revenue you know yeah i miss ibu I do too. Yeah, I definitely do. Well, good thing. I mean, full bore took it over. Yeah. Um. So they'll probably use it for. I think uh, Eric and Dave were saying about using it for like uh, small parties and 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 events stuff yeah. like that. I just miss. I mean, it was like you know, IBU was my first, um, you know, welcome into like the like a craft beer brewery. Yeah. And you know, to have somebody like Mike that was. There, you know, big Mike that was there that was like, um, you know, just uh, he would talk to anybody about all, beer. all open arms. Yeah. Yeah. And to have, you know, and then to like get to know you a little bit and, and you're like, I'm going to try and pour this into this beer and see what happens, you know, and you were making a g- bunch of great fucking beer up there Thank and you. experimenting. And I then you, you know, you could see, you know, dunes up there. You know, it was just, I loved IBU. Yeah. No, uh, it, it, was, it was a f- it, family. It's, yeah. It's like, that's how you should be, especially as your locals. You should take care of them more than anybody else. I mean, you're going to see yeah. a million. Take care of them all equally, but know that if they're coming back and you see their face every day, that you yeah. know what I mean. Like, yeah, say hi. How are you doing? Ask about that. You know, yeah. It's it's people don't like when you go to a place and you know the right. the bartender doesn't want anything to do with you. She's too busy on her phone, or yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. 
No, it was a it was a great it was definitely a great place. Yeah. I haven't found. I mean, there's a lot of great local breweries, and I you know around here. The atmosphere. Yeah, it was one of those things. Yeah, yeah. and it wasn't anything. Sp- I mean, listen. You know, you've got Heritage Hill, right? Right. You know, you've got with this amazing property, you know, you have all these, you know, technically, I'll say air quotes, you know, better, you know, location facility breweries. Location, though, like they're in Pompey, which is in the middle of nowhere, but they get more people out there. I don't know. know I mean, like it's it's destination, like you said. Yeah. And the views out there are beautiful. Yeah. Um, um, I just, I really missed, I nothing beat beats a West coast beer. Well, <laughs> uh, um, I don't, one of the questions I was going to ask you was, um, what beer does New York have? Um, I mean, we have New York state IPAs. Uh, there's a lot of New York products that, I mean, the, uh, New York hop guilds putting out quite a few, New York IPAs now we're trying to do um so our new, our hop program has gotten extremely better hmm. so we're we're able to create these um super fruity hops like you get from New Zealand like the citrus and yeah. uh wataka and like uh nelson like anything that's got a lot of fruit aromatics to it that would be good in a New England um hmm. so like Obviously, hazy IPAs and IPAs are what sells, so you have to be able to incorporate New York products in them as well. So, like, using New York craft malt if you're doing the farm bill. So, it's only 60% uh, New York State hops and malt. Hmm. And then you you still can put some of those 40% of the sexy hops in to make something. But if you're trying to do an all-New York State, you know what I mean? There there, there are a few few really good ones. You just got to find them. Yeah. I've got a friend or a friend. I have a cousin. Uh, we just were hanging out with her in Iowa, um, and uh, she lives in Seattle. And I think she's getting into distilling. Although I don't know. Anyway, she's talking a lot. She's talking a lot about yeast. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so uh, she was just saying it's so much easier. You know, she was like, "Oh my God, New York State is so much um, easier to." Be able to make beer and brew beer in and sell beer and or liquor anything. Then a lot of states, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because if you have if you're going for a farm brewery or farm distillery, then it's really really simple. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of benefits to it as well. Um, so supporting local businesses, uh, local farms, and that that's pretty much what they want a lot of these places to do. Yeah. Um, so you can get a dual license, which is. Uh, having a micro license you can brew any beer you want but you also have to hold a liquor license if you want to serve liquor Hmm. with a farm license you can serve new york state wine and liquor and beer products Hmm. yeah with no liquor license so it's just one license that covers just that Hmm. and so a lot of places have switched over to that because you only need to produce i think 50 barrels of um of New York State beer. Okay. And with, like, light beers, you can make a cream ale mm. with all New York State grains and hops mm. and, and yeast. Well, yeast is yeah out of the question. But just all New York State ingredients. And then uh, do that on my system. I'd have to do five five times a year okay. in order to hit that license. On smaller scales, you know, yeah. all depends on what, what, what you're doing. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's wild just to think, uh, you know, all the hoops that breweries have to jump through. Um, and with that, I have to go break the seal. Unfortunately. Go ahead. So we're going to take a quick pause. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook Live, and it's actually, um, I apologize, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but we're going to take a quick pause. Well, we're throwing an awesome bar crawl on June 11th. This one's going to be a lot of fun. It is a cocktail bar crawl, but it's also a scavenger hunt. And that means you don't get to know the list of who's participating in the bar crawl. There's seven area restaurants and bars throughout downtown Syracuse that are all participating. And how it works is you register and get your ticket for $25 at eatlocalnewyork.com. And the night before the event, we're going to send you a clue that will reveal the location of registration and the first spot on the crawl. While you're there, you get a $5 cocktail thanks to Deep Eddie's Vodka, and you'll get a clue or a riddle or a puzzle or something to find that will reveal the location of the next bar on the list. And you'll go there, you'll get a $5 cocktail, you'll get the clue or riddle there, and it's all going to lead up to an after party at the final location from 4 to 7 p.m. with free food, and live music, and a cash bar, and more $5 cocktails from Deep Betty's, and giveaways, and swag, and it's going to be awesome. So head to eatlocalnewyork.com and pick up your ticket today. And now, back to the episode. Okay, everybody, we're back. Sorry about that. Uh, but I had to pee. Uh, so, and if anybody is watching on Facebook Live, and um, you know, want to ask a question, uh for the man right here, who's uh, the expert on beer, all things beer and local breweries. I wouldn't say expert, but uh, I know beer. Um, then uh, ask away in the comments, and we'll answer it. Um, yeah, so... Uh, oh, dear God. I haven't even gotten to that one yet. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I drink fast. <laughs> so what do you think is... You know, things have changed, obviously, in the beer scene and uh, in the craft beer scene. Yep. And, um, I mean, what do you think is next for the local beer scene in Syracuse and the area? Uh, I would definitely say we've hit saturation. You, really? In, in this area, for sure. I mean, 20-something 20, wow. 20 breweries for, yeah. you know. I would agree with that. Per, like... If you look on a map on actually how many breweries are right next to each other mm-hmm. in our county versus if you go anywhere else, it's it's uncanny, honestly. Yeah, there is a lot. But Rochester's the same way. Yeah. Rochester, there's a lot. Buffalo, Buffalo there's a lot. Yep. Um, it's kind of the, the you know, the, the and, and Binghamton, Beer Tree's taking over. There's yeah. like two breweries out there. And yeah, and Beer Tree beer has tree. like three locations, Seven. right? Yeah. yeah. No, they're... they're uh, I heard that they were doing a new location, which is like a uh, driving range. Hmm. That'd be cool. Who wouldn't want to hit golf balls and drink beer? I think I think what local breweries are starting to realize is that beer alone will not make you money. Uh, I mean, the beer will make you money, but you have but to have yeah, something, something else. else. Right. I mean, that's why a lot of places do trivia nights and um, cornhole leagues. And, you know, it, it, it's it's basically you need something to bring the crowd there yeah. to get them to drink beer. You know, I mean, there's a, like there's a million breweries that you can get beer from right now. And a lot of places have stepped it up so good. So like when you go to like branching out bottle shop, Carissa and Joel, uh, yeah. you go there and you're like holy shit there's yeah. there's 
700 beers to choose from. Which ones do I choose from? And then you get like sucked into a whirlwind of spending $200 on (laughs) two cases of beer or whatever, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of great beer out there. And and there are some breweries that will, you know, like the Beer Trees or Thin Man or, you know, whomever who will um, attract the masses just based off their beer and like the marketing around it. Right. But. Yeah, breweries are realizing that they have to have a lot more going on than just their beer. Right. I mean, but there's, like I said, uh, Fidens, they're just beer, and they hmm. sell out every weekend. But that's like the treehouse model. They, they've they switched into where now they have another location. They're doing food now. Um, yeah. You know, having a, a restaurant attached to it after you already build that brand and yeah. and having those extra avenues like beer tree doing something like that so mm-hmm. you get track different for sure different yeah. clientele you know you so like a place like that like i was saying i would love to have a beer amusement park that would be a part of it is putt putt golf mm-hmm. miniature golf where you can drink beer and and go and play or like say that uh with the driving range you have uh clients that you want to go and 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 have some beers with and 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 shoot some golf balls and talk shop with yeah it opens up a whole new venue for yeah that as well you know yeah i think um that'd be great i'd love to see local breweries in the area start to do more shit like that than just have trivia or just have a food truck or just have you know whatever Um, I mean, the outdoor seating in Syracuse, we only get to enjoy it for about three and a half months. Yeah. So, like, right. everybody has to have the outdoor seating. Everybody has to have, yeah. you know, something else besides, you right. know. I think, I think the real issue is, because there's ways, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm assuming there's ways. I mean, obviously, the winter around here is nothing to joke about. But there's ways for us to do shit in the wintertime here. Right. And and uh, so, in McGraw, uh, like, out down south, there's a bunch of snowmobile trails. Yeah. Uh, Onco Fermentations, shout out to Brian and Aaron. Mm-hmm. They, they're they right on the snowmobile trail. Same thing with Heritage Hill. Yeah. It's on the, on the snowmobile trail. So if you like snowmobiling, yeah. there's a whole, you can hit eight breweries on the way down snowmobile. I mean, I'm not saying. You probably don't want to. Yeah, I'm not saying drink. You probably shouldn't. <laughs> drink and ride. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you probably should not hit eight local craft breweries in a day of snowmobiling. I, I did uh, it the other day, um, so I had to take my car to get uh, some work done on it in mm-hmm. Auburn. So I called up Garrett Shepard. I was like, hey, Garrett, you at the brewery? He <laughs> talked, talked shit with him for a little bit, went over to Prison City. Yeah. From there, uh, where else did I go? Homer Hops. Hmm. And then I made my way out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like right. I, I made yeah. quite the round. <laughs> I'm not saying I drank, drank and drive at yeah. every stop, but I definitely <laughs> right. talked to everybody. Went to uh, Rise Form. Uh, Andrew over at Rise Form. Um, have you ever heard of Rise Form? No, never. right in Marcellus. Yeah, really? it's a small, quaint spot right in the village. Hmm. Um, Andrew, the brewer over there, owner, great guy. Uh, talked to him for probably like an hour and wow. he's on a one barrel system over there same thing as ubl wow and uh he's making some great beer That's it's cool. like little spots like that but he's got his business plan is only to sell out of the tap room because mm. that's all that he can sustain yeah you know and when you're when you're doing it on that size you know 
Yeah. You only get a certain amount out of each batch, and then you sell that for X amount. So you know what your profits are versus when you do, when you're on a bigger scale, you have to push more volume of it. And so if you can't push it out of your tap room, then you push it into cans. Well, now you're making less money on it instead of making $5 a pint or selling it for $5 a pint, you're selling it for five dollars a can so now and you have the can cost the labeling cost everything that's involved in it hmm. you know is that really the future you think of the beer scene as is less of these places opening up like three barrel five barrel like these massive you know not that those are massive but like these massive breweries and more people opening up like an underground beer lab where it's like hey listen we're gonna do these couple beers and you know styles Which and we're is, gonna do them really well yeah. and then we're gonna sell the fuck out and then we're gonna see you the next time we come out with something so so now that we're talking about that, that's great. Perfect timing. Grow Brewing. So uh, Garrett Meekin, uh, he works over, he's a head brewer over at Warhorse. Uh, just opened up this uh, Grow Brewing company. So he doesn't technically have a brewing company or a brewery. Yeah. Uh, so he does contract brewing. So he can go anywhere and brew his beer. Yeah. Anybody un- under anybody's license that he mm-hmm. wants. Uh, and this is something that I've kind of thought about doing with my own brand, Petrified Liquids. Yeah. Um, so eventually we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I dial in the system over there at McGraw, yeah. he already wants to do some contract brewing. So That's cool. rent some tank space and make some beers that I want to see out in the market. Yeah, and Meyer, put my name on it, you know. Myers Creek does that, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, they do a bunch of contract brewing for, um, I think Long Island uh, Beer Company. They did it for um, Rising Storm. They did it for. There's a few other companies that they did it for. So, do you go in there and you have to let you, like you're running the show and you're doing every step, or are you just saying, "Hey, here's my recipe. Can you make this beer?" Um, well, you kind of work through the process so you basically rent brewing space you work with their brewmaster for me i'm the brewmaster there so i can you know i just have to say hey i'll rent this tank from you for x amount and then when we put it in cans i have to spend x amount on packaging and then you know it's tank time and everything else but yeah i mean to to start a uh a small company like that and then make your name and then be able to open up your own spot. So he's doing all the, um, doing all the, uh, social media and networking and putting his brand out there without even having a company or or, or, a brewery. So once his name's known, then anybody will give him a loan. Yeah. I've already produced this much beer, sold it for this much money. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's one of those things where yeah, you can uh, and that having your own brand out there like Dunes got to be Lunch Lady Dunes on a can. She right. still throws it in my face every single chance that she gets. She's like, "Well, was your name on a beer?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> but my face has been on a million beer cans." Yeah, <laughs> you know that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's um and uh, Dunes just said it. Petrified, you said it. Pe- uh, now it's gonna happen. Um. <laughs> yeah it really is it's a great opportunity for uh you know somebody that's you know doesn't want to it's smart it, you know it really is smart i mean to to go about starting a, a brand in that way right instead of you're literally branding it right. before and then uh so self-distro you have to go out there and you have to sell your product yeah 
you're selling yourself at that point in time. You're not doing it for anybody else but yourself. For sure. So like yeah. same thing with your three one fried. So Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know what your brand is, you know what you wanna do, you you get out there and you get it. Yeah. I mean the the, the benefit is, you know, it's it, I mean, um yeah, you're right. Thousand percent. I mean, I've had the I had the idea for the name and the restaurant and the style of restaurant, but right. But you didn't you know. have to open up a restaurant in order to do it. Exactly. I was very very fortunate. You know, and that's kind of how you know when you work that hard in an industry, mm-hmm. somebody sees potential. Yeah. Somebody wants to back you up. Yeah. I mean, your work shows it itself, and then yeah, you know, we've talked about that. Um, in, in terms of just. You know, like, what is the future of the restaurant industry? Because there's virtual brands that are popping up all over, especially in big cities. Yep. I mean, there was a, there's a diner, um, there's a diner in New York City that, uh, they're a 24-7 diner, and they have 20 different restaurants operating inside of their one kitchen. It's a, so there's ghost kitchens. A ghost kitchen would be like, let's say we're here in my studio. Mm-hmm. We have four kitchens set up, and each one is a different restaurant. You've got Chinese and hamburgers and American and, you know, fried chicken. It's kind of like the markets down there, right? They have, like, in New York City, you go down into those markets, and it's like... Yeah, kind of, sort of. But all kitchen. Yeah, yeah. So that's a ghost kitchen. But a ghost kitchen is just, like, there's no takeout. There's no walk-up. A car drives up. DoorDash driver grabs the food and goes, and that's it. No kidding. And then there's virtual kitchens, which a virtual which we have a few in Syracuse. Funkin' Waffles has is a virtual kitchen. They've got a couple different brands operating out of their kitchen that they just don't advertise that it's them. But it's, um, you know, let's just say it's it's. So this place in New York City, for example, they have ten, let's call it, different restaurants operating out of their one kitchen. Five of or like four of them are breakfast places Mm -hmm. so they have like all american breakfast sandwiches and breakfast burritos usa and you know these four different breakfast only brands operating out of the same kitchen they're basically the same menu and all that kind of stuff but they just it's that's called a virtual kitchen yeah and they only exist on delivery and you know that's it so the restaurant industry is kind of, I don't know if it's the whole, I mean, I hope, I, I pray that the whole industry isn't moving in that direction. Uh, obviously, not everybody ever would, but I hope yeah, that we don't see that in like a large scale. Right, but that's kind of like what we touched on with, with breweries and being able to ship out and keeping up with all these other places is like you yeah. have you have one one brand that makes a million things. yeah. I mean, in this case, it would be like, let's say you open up your, let's say you reopen IBU. Yeah. You know, so you go back to Mattydale, you open up, or North Syracuse, you open up IBU. You have the IBU brand that you're making, but at yep. the same time, you're also making petrified liquids. Yep. Same, yep. like, you know, so IBU now is just its ales. own. Yeah, its own entity. Right. But, yeah. And then petrified liquids is just, you know, yep. IPAs. Yep. And then you have, you know... Whatever else, yeah. yeah Mike Stout, yep. you know, whatever. Yep. So it's all the same beer. It's just labeled, you know, it's just... Right. It's all the same company and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's just, you know, for whatever reason, maybe I don't... I, maybe I don't connect with Petrified Liquids, but I fucking love Mike Stout beard. Right, exactly. You know? Yep. All right. And that's, that's, that's how it is with any industry, though, is, like, you find what you like. 
Yeah. And you, and you run with it or you tell all your friends you got to try it and then once they get hooked on it that's yeah. that's how it you Yeah. Know. I don't know. I just uh I hope the beer industry doesn't go that way. I mean, I really like the idea of like contract brewing. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. But doing something different than anybody else is doing, yes. like putting all the and being able to collaborate with other places that you wouldn't normally be able to do or just people, mm-hmm. you know, say that I want to brew with a certain brewer from this place only. And everybody already knows that person or like yeah. w- with Garrett, he's got his own grow. So you do a collaboration with two places that don't even have their own tap room. Yeah. That's you cool. know, something like that, that you can only get it. Yes. At those few spots. So it's, it kind of comes down to supply and demand. For like, sure. You know, everybody wants it because they can't have it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I really, I think it's really cool to have, I mean, because in the situation of, you know, 3-1 Fried, um, you could go in there and have the best recipe for, an, you know, New York State IPA that you can't get anybody to make. But by doing contract brewing, you can get it out to the masses. And, uh, yeah, I think that stuff's really cool because it gives people more of an opportunity to get their stuff out there to the world. Right. But at the same time, um, marketing yourself and marketing it. So Garrett's got the right, the right, um, ideas. He went right to the beer fest. Mm. Nobody knew who he was. He was only open maybe a month. And then he poured his beers for 300 people or, or, you know, five, five to a thousand people out of all those people, you know, he's got, customers for life because they're like oh what is this guy doing he doesn't even own you know they want to see him grow and that's a part of the grow brewing that's perfect all plants grow like that's cool i love the concept like he he nailed it yeah nailed it out of the park yeah i think that'll be really cool um tim just messaged me chug vid i don't know if he's watching or whatnot uh but uh um (laughs) The Facebook Live is a little bit of a... Uh, pain in the ass? A little bit of a pain in the ass. Maybe do it shorter next time for the sections. <laughs> no way in hell. <laughs> I love just... Uh, you know, these are... I learned in the that podcast that I did at IBU with the... Uh, um, yeah. Well, thank you, Kyle. Um, uh, I, ta- uh, I learned back in the day from the Chick-fil-A podcast that I did at, uh, uh, at IBU that... Um, not to go into podcast prepared because I went into that one. Yeah, the owner of the Chick Fil A, zero issues who that guy was, and, or zero idea who that guy was. And I went in and did all this research on him. And the only research I could find was this one article on Syracuse dot com. And <clears throat> so I went into the podcast just like constantly asking him questions based on that article. Right, and it was the worst fucking podcast I've ever done. Yeah, and uh, I just had bullet points, so they're not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think I hit everyone but two so far. That's awesome. Yeah. And I had no idea, so I, we were just talking, so that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to shout out to the New York State Brewers Association for all that they do for New York State beer. I mean, Paul Leon over there. What do What do they do? For, what do they do? Yes, uh, so they basically put together a bunch of different beer events uh, that support all New York State beer. Everywhere, Paul 
does everything to do with legislation. So he's at any time, like when the pandemic happened, um, overnight, they said you can't serve alcohol only to go sales. So he was on the horn with everybody making sure and then being able to mail out, they they set something up within a week and a half. It was already signed and ready to go. Like, mm-hmm. they take care of everything. Uh, Chloe K, she does their social media. Um, there's there, I mean, there's so many people in the organization. Yeah. And, and uh, like, we just went out to the New York State Brewers Association uh, uh, conference mm-hmm. in Albany. Yeah. So that was last month, and there was probably I'd say a good three hundred and something New York State breweries that were out there. So hmm. they rent out a hotel, um, and they put out like basically it's like a, a home show for brewers, yeah. you know. So they put out all sorts of products for us to buy, and you know all the different beers, and then there's all these different um, classes that you can. Uh, go to like yeast management and uh what's new in beer and then there's also like there's something for the brewers there's something for the owners and there's something for the social media yeah part of it so like there's different uh things that you can go to that they uh billy had uh he was talking about um kvike yeast um and so he had an hour seminar that he talked about Kvike to everybody and brewing with it and got a lot of feedback because not a lot of brewers have used Kvike yet. Mm-hmm. And even though it's still relatively new, I mean, a lot of people have. So the ones that do all have their own inputs because everybody's process is different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's cool. I think it's great that that organization exists and uh that they're you know doing shit hopefully good stuff for local breweries um clean your beer lines kevin amen definitely i love that now you're just going off your fucking you're just like (laughs) all i got is the push-up challenge that's it (laughs) (laughs) yes definitely uh i've got kevin's plaque here on the table yeah um and hopefully he gets a shit ton of business because you know I don't want to go out there and drink. No, he beer. he. Uh, we were actually one of Kevin's first clients uh, over at IBU. Oh really? Um, so I actually met Kevin when he used to work at Middle Ages. Okay. Um, thought he was a dick when I first met him. <laughs> I love the guy now. He's fucking awesome. But yeah. like, and Kevin from uh, Willow Rock. Anybody named Kevin, I fucking hate you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, no, but both are great guys, but Kevin, uh, we were one of his first clients and, um, like some of the shit that he showed me, I was so disgusted by it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, uh, switching from IBU going up North, uh, we had to clean our own lines up there. So they had the line cleaning machine and I would call them constantly and be like, Hey man. Am I doing it right? <laughs> like, taking a video, like, am I doing it right? Yeah. He's like, you're all set, bud. That's you funny. know, like, but he he definitely, if you want to drink good beer, clean beer, yeah. make sure that you're uh, craft draft certified. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Um, I mean, I mean, before him, who the hell was doing it in Syracuse? There's there's a few companies that were doing it, but mm-hmm. like some of the shit that he showed me, he's like, these are the guys that are cleaning your beer lines. I'm like, yeah. Oh. yeah, it's nasty. Yeah. Um, and Kyle over at Kasai, he, mm-hmm. he took me into the new spot, yeah. uh, tap room on Walton. Yeah. So 
like that spot i can't wait to see what he's doing yeah yeah kyle's doing great things uh speaking of kyle mastro pietro he just texted me and said yo the audio is all fucked up on the podcast live feed so thank you man and i just talked about him so his ears must be ringing um uh, i'm gonna text him right now we are talking about you right now um, the thing that I like about Kyle is that he's got some fucking balls. I mean, he's just going after shit. You know? Oh, I, I, I utmost respect for that guy. Yeah. Like literally he's like, I don't have, I don't have any friends, but I don't care. <laughs> no, not, not really. But like, you know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. he's on a mission, which is right. great. You know what I mean? I love to see somebody that's up and coming that, yeah. you know, like he's got, uh, Kasai, he's got the new, um, got Danny's steaks. Danny he's steaks. got Danny's at the ballpark. He's got Sierra Algo, which I just had today for our taco search. And I got to be honest, it's going to be fucking tough to beat his tacos. What, what's, it's a ghost kitchen. He's running out of Danny's. Oh, okay. Because I know that he was doing a bakery as well. So when the Tap House on Walton opens up, it's going to be the Tap House on Walton. And it's going to be Tap House Bread Company. And uh, and those are both going to be you know great spots. And um, I'll support him no yeah. matter what because his food is amazing. Yeah, he does a great and job. he's a great person. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll be pretty cool. We're hoping. So the plan right now. I was just talking to Keith about this today. The plan right now is in July. We're running for Eat Local New York in June a cra- a uh, cocktail uh, scavenger hunt bar crawl. Sweet. In July, we're going to run a uh, craft beer bar crawl in downtown Syracuse. And the way we're going to structure it is like, um, so that way the breweries don't have to pull individual licenses for like the day to go sell, is they're going to do like tap takeovers at the restaurants. Yeah. So the restaurant's going to buy, you know, whatever beer from each brewery and each restaurant is going to be one brewery. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And I'm hoping Kyle's open by then because it'd be cool to include Tap House on that. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's talk about the push-up thing that you're doing. Oh, the uh, St. Jude's push-up challenge. So I, uh, I don't know. I was flipping through Facebook the other day and I was like, I might as well support a good cause to, uh, you know, so... I uh I'm gonna do some push ups in May. <laughs> Twenty five push ups a day. I'm trying to bulk up for yeah. uh summertime so I can look good at all the concerts. <laughs> so can people keep my dad bod going. Can people go online and like donate? Yep. Or? Yep. Okay. So it's on my Facebook page, but uh like just the cause itself, you know, it, it's uh it's for child cancer. Yeah. So I mean my dad had cancer, so that's wow. one of the things that, that hits me hard. You know, and and for for them, you know, every kid deserves to have what they want. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So how can people does the new brewery have like an Instagram account? Yeah. So they have a Facebook page so they can catch uh, McGraw Box Brewing on Facebook and then we'll have the Instagram up and running. Um, And then you can always check my personal page because I'm always posting stuff about it. Uh, But like I said, I'll be brewing in the next like. Uh, hopefully week, week and a half, and we should be open by June 1st. Awesome. So definitely come and check us out. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, Wait, dude, we got to, we got Honestly, bro, if I have any more beer, I'm going to fucking be <laughs> sleeping here tonight. <laughs> um, I'm feeling quite buzzed, so I've got to go get some fast food. Was this the best home. buzz that you've had <laughs> in a podcast? Uh, I think the most that I've been was I did a three, like two and a half or three hour podcast with Tim. 
uh, shore one night. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was like a Friday or Saturday night, and it was a long podcast. Oh, yeah. And we drank. He made me drink a dandelion beer, uh, which that was disgusting. Dandelion wine? No, it was a beer. A beer? It was fucking okay. gross, yeah. Fucking gross, really? Really fucking gross. So have you, uh, so <laughs> have you like seen his podcast that he does, the... Uh... <laughs> Will it ferment? I produce those. Do you? Yeah. Oh, I, I, my I God. Those. Some of that shit. Yeah. Like, he was talking about fermenting throw up. <laughs> yes. We've got we've to gotta get those going back again. Oh, yeah. that was so good. Yeah. Like, I was I was very intrigued about that. Yeah, Like, for sure. some of this stuff. Because you can, anything with sugar, you can yeah. ferment it. All right. Yeah. Just depends on what that yeast is going to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, does, that means it's going to taste good, but, uh, yeah. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming down. No, thank and you for having me. Con- uh, congrats on the 3 1 fr- fried. And- thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, sure we'll be talking. Yeah, for sure. Well, everybody, uh, if you're listening on Facebook Live, uh, apologize for the audio issues, but the We're podcast. We're never doing it again. Yeah. The podcast will come out a week from today at eatlocalnewyork.com. And um, yeah, we'll put in the show notes and everything when the podcast comes out, all the information to connect with the new brewery, McGraw. All right. Thanks, everybody. We're going to catch you next week. Well, there it is, everybody. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast and this conversation. Uh, if you did, consider subscribing. That way you'll be updated the moment a new episode is released. And then let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving us a review whatever platform you're listening to this on. You can always connect with us online at eatlocalnewyork.com or on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at Eat Local New York. Well, thank you so much. We're going to catch you next week back here at the Eat Local New York podcast. <laughs>